Hey there, Mike. Hello, mate. How are you? Very good, very good. Got some great new headphones I forgot to mention. Oh, yeah. Tell me about those headphones for just a second. I I've had my eye on them for a while. Um, Dan Benjamin's podcast and equipment guide. That's where I'm basing all future purchases for equipment. <laughs> and he recommended these. Sony MDR7506. That's the name of them. They are ridiculously comfortable. They sound incredible. They're um, a little, they, um, as they say here in Minnesota, spindy. <laughs> yes, okay. Like um, like I know now that they say in uh, up in Cape Cod, um, it's wicked pisser. That sort of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, these—they're they, absolutely fantastic. They're so comfortable, and I can wear my glasses now when I record because I couldn't oh. with the ones that I had before. So you would push my glasses into my head. Yeah, um, this is uh, uh, completely off topic of what we're going to discuss. But um, hold on—I need to take off my headphones for just a second so I can tell tell people what I'm using. Just for—I don't know. Since you just mentioned what you're using. Hold yeah, on. it's only fair. Uh, I suppose I should be playing some sort of music now to uh, vamp right. while Pat is checking his headphones. Yeah, in. yeah. I'm sorry. What? How? What? I'm just um, talking to the listeners. Don't worry. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, I'm using um, Sony MDR. Uh, I'm terrible at remembering stuff. Uh, uh, these X200s or here, here. I know. I can look them up on Amazon, right? Uh, yeah. Amazon.com. So I think yeah. that, because the MDRs, I mean, they're professional. I mean, but these headphones, they were like £70, which is ridiculously good price for what what the quality that I'm getting out of them. Um, and uh, they're really good for music, too. I mean, these are stereo, these are like music producers' headphones. Yeah. The, these are headphones that are not on Dan Benjamin's list, but they are on uh, the list of cheap headphones that sound pretty good for their price and are good enough for doing podcasting list. Uh, and that is the Sony MDR XD200, which on Amazon are $20.34. That's good. Yes. Uh, cheap. Just because we're talking about this, can I just point people back over to the Hurlybird again? Ooh, yes, certainly. Recently, I've started. Um, I've sort of the Hurley Bird is the one man show that I do about podcasting, and which is a great. Say again, mate. I'm, I said which is which is great. Oh, thank it's you. It's a great show. Um, and I've recently kicked it up again, and I'm doing a, a series from from the start to onwards of how to create a podcast so I'll be talking about this sort of gear a bit more over there and if you just go to thehurlybird.com is all of the information on how you subscribe and thepodcastingproject.com has the list of all the episodes so I will be coming to headphones and gear again at some point anyway let's I've completely derailed the show should we go back (laughs) on to what what you wanted to talk about yeah because I um, so I talked about uh, this uh, quite a bit along with a whole ton of links uh, on uh, the patrons uh, newsletter and I'm not going to discuss or share any of the links there you want that stuff that that stuff was for the patrons that's kind of my promise to the patrons is that you know they're going to be getting stuff that they're not discussing anywhere else mm-hmm. or the, but I've been thinking a lot lately because of the uh, the book I'm writing 
about solitude. Okay, not solely because of the book I'm writing. I'm an introvert. A lot of people don't know this. People who know me, who have known me for years, would never in a million years guess that I'm, in fact, an introvert. Um, in your standard Myers-Briggs test, of which I've taken dozens, <laughs> um, I uh, am an INFJ. Uh, that, that first I, uh, or conversely E, uh, in Myers-Briggs parlance is introvert versus extrovert, right? And, uh, and I am, I am 100% introvert. I am 100% INFJ. There, I've, I've never deviated on any Myers-Briggs assessment from that. Um, so you're pretty sure that's what you are? That Pretty sure that's what I am. And, w- and what it means is, is, is this. Uh, introvert and extrovert are oftentimes uh, at least from a Myers-Briggs standpoint misunderstood and the way it's misunderstood is that uh, extroverts can't uh, at least on the outside seem introverted although that's more rare it is is certainly more common for, for introverts especially of the type that I am to appear on the outside as Let's just say that, you know, in any given social situation, I'm certainly not the guy who's in the corner being really quiet, hoping no one talks to him. (laughs) Um, That I can hold a conversation and I can be social and I can, you know, I can seem like I'm enjoying myself. But it's largely, uh, oftentimes it's it's a show, and oftentimes it's uh, there are certain strategies I've used to mask my introversion in those situations. Uh, namely, uh, I generally will uh, shy away from uh, places where I won't know anyone. There will have to be at least somebody there that I know, and that somebody will have to be okay with me kind of glomming on to them for the entire time because... <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but so in Myers-Briggs parlance, introversion and extroversion has more to do with where you derive your energy from. Extroverts are energized from social interaction. They go out to parties or go to, to events or go to conferences and they get a lot of energy. They're charged up and they're ready to tackle the world when they walk out of that. Introverts, that kind of social interaction exhausts them, makes them physically tired. Um, usually it takes them two to three times as long to re- recharge from those sorts of interactions as it did to actually do them. And so if I go to a two-day conference, it could take me a whole week before I'm ready to engage with anyone in that sort of, on even more than a one-on-one level for the rest of the week. Hmm. And recently, I just had a week where there was something every single night. Now, I know what you're asking. You're saying, why, Patrick? If you don't, you don't like that. Why are you doing that to yourself? I don't do this to myself. I married to an extrovert. 
I'm married to someone who thinks nothing of putting joint events on the calendar for days on end of <laughs> nothing but, you know, parties, fundraisers, one of which we hosted in our house. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you get what I'm saying? Dinners out with, with you know, groups of friends and playdates. And I mean, it, it was just one thing after another. And the West, the bus, right? Let me just say, there's if there's if there is only one fear I have, it's of making her unhappy. <laughs> uh, uh, and for no other, I mean, not not necessarily because she's some you know tyrannical uh, dictator. Although she's got her moments. Um, I love you, dear. I really do. I love you. But it's because I love her, right? It's because I. Because I love her so deeply and care for her so much, I want to make her happy, even if it means my own unhappiness. And yes, I know, that's flaw. I need to work on it. I do. It doesn't work. I'm back to where I'm at. I can so, sympathize with you there, because mm-hmm. I kind of just want to just make sure that Sammy is always happy. So I, it, I put, as I'm sure she will freely admit sometimes I maybe put too much into that and just mm-hmm. I I try and make her happy at times where she's not sad yes you know like I think that there's something that something needs to be done when there's actually when, no need at all yes yes yeah no, my wife and I had a very a long crazy men that. that's yeah. why <laughs> What? We're a couple of crazy men. That's we are. Well, we are, we're we're crazy fools for these women we love. That's what we are, and that's okay. <laughs> they they're quite happy with this arrangement. I hope. Um, <laughs> so um, so yeah, when things like that happen, I get even more obsessed about about things like solitude and things like. And, and it's the places that, that that this thinking leads me. It's not just about uh, about uh, you know that solitude is almost the starting point that leads me in all of these other directions. Like last week, I had some very in- interesting conversations about population growth um, and the fact that we are in the midst of a serious and severe population crisis and impending population doom. All right, basically that. Um, the population great rate is currently growing at 1.6% yearly worldwide, which obviously means that in less than 100 years, our population will be doubled. Mm. The median age of said population, as it stands right now, is 27 years old and change, you know, 27 point something, right? Forget what the exact number is. And that's actually trending lower. So we are increasingly having, like, so we're accelerating that growth. So 100 years is just if we stay at the current rate, but the rate is increasing. People are dying later and less than people are being born, if that's making sense. So for every person dying, there's two point something people born in the world. This is a problem that is at the root of every other problem on this planet. If you want to talk about climate change, you have to at some point get back down to population because that's <laughs> that's the problem. That's at the root of the problem. 
if you want to talk about uh, about peak oil. Uh, populations at the root of that problem too. If you want to talk about um, solitude, population is at the root of that problem. Solitude is 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 a, I think is a dirty word, and I mean you you don't mean it in the necessary sense of being lonely. Ah, yes, yes, because. <sighs> Uh, as a um, a person I heard uh, who's a leading researcher on the area of uh, of the intersection of uh, technology and solitude, her name is Sherry Turkle, and she's at MIT, and she's written uh, books on this subject, and she is just full of win uh, in this area. Um, I believe the exact quote uh, was, loneliness is failed solitude. Uh, And uh, I'm paraphrasing the rest of the quote, which is, if we don't teach our children how to be alone, they'll only ever know how to be lonely. Hmm. And being alone is actually one of the earliest and most important lessons that we learn as children because it is that time alone and that time while bored uh, and boredom has been an increasing uh, subject that has been popping up along with solitude and just coincidentally Randy Murray, my friend Randy Murray, uh, wrote an entire week-long series uh, recently on his blog about boredom and and boredom's connection and importance in creativity. Um, that in order to be truly creative, in order to be truly innovative, and to and to do this kinds of the kinds of works and have the sorts of ideas that we need to have, that being alone is key. And folks like Gandhi and Nelson Mandela uh, and Einstein um, have all written about how crucial solitude was for their for their thinking and for their ideas that they were then able to come back and work on and share with the world. Mm-hmm. And I really think that in this world of increasing ubiquitous connection solitude not only becomes more and more important but it also becomes more and more valuable because the people who are going to be coming up with the next great ideas the next Einsteins the next Gandhis the next Kings the next uh, you know the next great thinkers and leaders of this world the next great great peacemakers are going to be those that understand the value of being alone and that have the opportunity to do so. And that if we want our children to even have a chance at being one of these people, then we need to teach them this lesson. Not saying, no, you just need to leave your kids and walk away and ignore them. That's not what I'm saying. And Sherry Turkle does actually a great job of explaining this in her writings and her book, books and her speaking. But basically, um, 
and her version, um, and, and what she teaches about this is that uh, we, as, as little babies, learn um, the idea of a loan by our mothers being in the same rooms with us, but not necessarily paying full attention to to just us, right? It's not while we're being fed or while we're being played with. It's, you know, the phone call happens, mom has to pick it up, baby's playing on the floor. Oh, suddenly it occurs to baby, she can have other interactions and not and not be engaged with me and that I can be engaged with what I'm with the play that I'm doing. You know, or with this with this play mat on the floor or this mirror that I'm looking into that I can be engaged with that alone by myself that I don't need someone else in order to be engaged and 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 it is at that point that that we begin to understand that we have thoughts and that what we think is not necessarily what we're engaged with it also has a lot to do with presence Right, um, and uh, a, a good example of this is, <clears throat> and some of the thinking I've been doing is the question: What is here? What is here? Right? What What does here mean? Especially when your body can be one here, and your mind can be a completely different here. Here's an example. Have you ever driven, say, a regular route that you always drive from work to home? Gotten in the car, started the car, made it home, and having no recollection whatsoever of the drive because you were so engaged in other thought. Has that ever happened to you, Michael? Um, uh, y- yeah. I mean, it's... Like the idea of autopiloting, kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it, it happens. It, it happens quite frequently to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I, I tend to drive uh, some rather regular routes, uh, um, and only for short periods of time. Uh, and often, I'm engaged in in other things. I'm listening to something on the radio that has really captured my attention. I'm not paying attention to driving my 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 body is driving my mind is elsewhere and that doesn't necessarily is 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 not to the extent that i'm being put in danger or anything like that but just to the extent that my body knows how to drive and i i don't need to think about it and my mind is off doing something else and so more and more um that the presence shifting like that is very natural for us as a natural state of being. It's something that we learn very early at birth and that technology is simply giving us even more opportunity to presence shift where our bodies can be off engaged in doing one thing, but our minds can be outside of that doing something else, increasingly doing something online or engaged with something that is that is out there in the ether and not present with exactly what we're doing right now. Because I think if we were talking about the bad kind of solitude, 
that that has changed a lot, I think, with with the internet. Yes. Because you can be on your own without being on your own. Yeah. Because there's people to talk to. Right. Well, and, the, and there's also converse benefits to that, right? So for the in, for the introvert who craves, you know, being you know solitude and being alone and this that and the other, uh, these tools and devices actually. There, there was a great article uh, I linked to, I believe, on Minimal Mac, uh, uh, written about this that that these that these things actually allow the introvert to create firewalls that make them look like they're they're busy and engaged and having a great time and being social and whatever when in fact they're sitting at home enjoying themselves perfectly fine with being <laughs> with not doing those things right um and uh and Increasingly, I think that all of this stuff is kind of wrapped in together, and that the value of solitude is is great enough, and an important enough lesson that we need to teach our children that they don't always have to be active and engaged with something. That it's okay for them to to not be uh, entertained by a screen, or is you know, or is okay for them to be engaged in in a conversation about something that has nothing, you know, to do with uh, uh, with anything else except the conversation itself. Uh, my my little girl and I had this really wonderful conversation uh, the other day while we were outside about, strangely enough, about the nature of death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, because you know she's three, and she asked, you know, well, why, you know, why do why do people die? You know, why why they died? Well, they died because they got really, <laughs> they 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 really you know got really sick, and and they got so sick that they one day fell asleep and and didn't wake up, and and that's kind of what it's like to die. Well, will you die? Yes, everything will die, honey. Eventually, everything that is living will die. Not everything. No, honey. Everything that is living will eventually die. This earth, this universe, this plant, this flower that you're holding in your hand, if you pick that flower and you just leave it on the ground, what happens to it when you come back out in a couple of days? Does it die? Yeah everything eventually will die. I know that this is a really hard concept for you to understand at three, but everything eventually will die. And that's why we have to be really happy with the things that live. Now, that's a deep concept to be teaching a three-year-old having a conversation about with a three-year-old while you're outside playing hopscotch. But... (laughs) I I loved that conversation. I'll treasure that conversation for the rest of my life. Because it was the first time I had the opportunity to teach my daughter at least part of the basis of what drives me, of my faith. Yeah as close to my faith practice as, as I, you know, as I can get without getting too religious on this, uh, here, uh, little podcast. 
but you know what I mean. It it. it um, well, we've spoken about this sort of stuff before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we spoke about some of it with Dave, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About my 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 beliefs that are kind of anchored in in Buddhist philosophy. Uh, but um, but yeah, and some of it is just plain simple truth, and that's a simple truth. Everything will die. And whether you believe there's anything after that death or not is a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> <laughs> just as this universe was born, this universe will die, and everything else will too. It's uh, it's it's the cycle of this thing that we call life, and it's one of the great mysteries, right? So, so yeah, so these are some of the things that I've been thinking about lately, partly driven by my strong desire to really become a hermit for the next two weeks and never talk to another human soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, you guys who are not introverts have no idea. And those who are introverts, I'm sure, are completely sympathizing with me right now. Right. Well, especially if they're married to an extrovert, because they'll be saying, "Oh, yep, she does that to me all the time," or "He does that to me all the time," and I, you know, and I don't know what to do. Because see, it's really it's really easy for for extroverts. Or, I'm sorry, it's really easy for introverts to understand extroverts. But it's really difficult the other way around. Um, and uh, I mean, because who wants to say no to communication and interaction and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and being social and having a good time? It's a party. Come on. You'll have fun. Oh, you're going to have a great time. Oh, it, it's... This is a conference that is going to build connections and business, and you're going to walk away just full of ideas and energized to go out, and you're going to make more money. And who wouldn't want that? You see what I'm getting at? I do. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those topics uh, that... Uh, that I find immensely fascinating and all of the kind of surrounding topics are just great. So, you know, I'll, I'll put some, some links to, to, to some of the stuff in the show notes, uh, but, uh, I'm very, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm thinking about lately. And that's what a lot of my writing is going towards lately. And that's what I'm most craving lately. <laughs> Solitude. Thanks for sharing, buddy. Oh, my pleasure. So, we'll talk later. We will. Cheers. Cheers.